0: I think they're right. I think the church is going to tip over this way. I think we're all kind of That's all right. Well, it is Super Bowl Sunday and uh and being a football coach, you would think today'd be the greatest the greatest day of the year. Yeah, you, know, cause, you know, we love football. Well, you know, I love uh high school football. I love college football. NFL's okay. Uh, That's not really my thing sometimes, but uh, uh, the biggest game of the year is tonight, and you know, there'll be a lot of things that'll happen, things that people will say, but I was thinking about, uh, as far as football goes, and uh, the idea of prayer, and we're going to be talking about prayer again today a little bit, and and I've coached for a long time, and I've seen a lot of things, and we had this one fellow one year uh, by the name of Josh, Josh was a uh, really good football player, uh, kind of green in a lot of ways, but just physical strength and was just a great athlete in a lot of different ways. Ended up going on to college with a, a wrestling scholarship, and uh, but Josh was also a, a Christian. He wasn't afraid to let people know he was a Christian, and so we're, we're getting ready for a this big game against uh, Springfield, uh, Sidney Lehman, which is a big Catholic school. Now, Josh was a, uh, he's about as Baptist as you can get. I mean, he's evangelical. Uh, as far as Catholics go, I don't know what he thought about Catholics. I so was always a little scared. And he'd come off the field after playing Catholic Central a few weeks before, and he didn't have a whole lot of good things to say. Uh, not about their religion, but, but about the, some of the players. And I had dirty cheaters and this and that. So. so we're getting ready to go out onto the field. And you know beforehand, usually you say the Lord's Prayer and you do different things. Well, one of the things that the kids on the team had done that year was, we're going to have our own prayers before the game. Student-led, which you can do. I wasn't supposed to be involved. In it. We were all involved with it. Coaches, everybody, didn't, you know. And so Josh is, we were getting ready to go out on the, on the field, and, and I'm like, uh, okay, everybody take a knee, huddle up, we're getting ready, we're going out on the field, we're going to do prayer, and Josh said, that's all right, coach, I got this. And I'm like, all right, Josh, you got it, man, I'm a little nervous, I was afraid what he might say, you know, dear Lord, help us go out there and, you know, beat up on them Catholics. Uh, run them fish eaters out of here. I'm like, good, what's he going to say, you know? So he gets up there and he starts praying, Lord, we're going out there on the field today, and and he starts to go, and and he starts to pray for the team. He prayed that people would have fun, and that nobody would get hurt, that everybody could do their best. He even prayed for the other team, that they wouldn't, that, you know, there would be great competition, and and he prayed for the coaches, and I'm like, "We've got to be on the field in like two minutes, or you know they give you a flag for those things if you're not out there." And uh, so he gets us, you know and when he was done, man, the kids were fired up, they were going out there, and, and you know, a lot of them, even the ones who were Christians were like, "God's on our side." You know we went out on the field, and we proceeded to get blasted like 48 to six, I think, that game, something like that. But uh, after the game, you know, I was like, Josh, I said, man, that was a great prayer you, you offered up for the game, and he he was like, yeah, too bad we didn't get beat, uh, or too bad we didn't, or too bad we got beat. I said, but that's all right, you, you know, it's, he said, you know, Christian life's kind of like, uh, like football, you know, it's not if you win or lose, it's how you play the game, and he went on, and I got to think, man, what these kids can teach you sometimes, just absolutely amazing, but I'll never forget that day, you know, right before the game, he stood up in front of all his friends and was like, I got this, coach, and he offered up a prayer to God, not that he would win, not that we would kill the other guys, but, you know, that we would all have fun, and we would make this about what it is, and it was just an amazing thing. He, re- he knew what prayer was not. Prayer is not about asking God for favors. It's not about demanding things from God as if we're in control and God has to grant us our, our prayers. And Last week we talked about uh, what prayer is not. We talked about how it's not, uh, not magic. There's nothing magic about it. Uh, let's go on here. How do we, yeah, uh, you know, prayer is not a, you know, dear God, send me the magic and make this happen. It's not demanding of God as if we can order God around because we can't. But prayer is for the benefit of us. It's for the benefit of God's people. And we talked about how prayer is not a guarantee against suffering. I mean, if it wasn't, we'd have gone out and won that game. But instead, we got clobbered. Oh, well. So today, I want to make sure I give you a few ideas of what I think prayer is. And uh, our discussion about prayer fits into a series that I've been been talking about, Spiritual Disciplines. You know, we all want to grow in our Christian life. We want to be more like Christ. That's sort of a goal of, of the New Testament. And, uh, but prayer is a discipline. It's like any other kind of, of discipline. You have to work at it. It's not something that just comes natural, I think. It's something we work at. I'm reading the Bible, you got to work at that. Uh, uh, learning to pray, taking time to pray, it's, it's a discipline. It takes time to, to do that. So why, why bother with all this? Well, God desires our prayers. The Bible makes it clear that God asks us to pray to Him. I've you know I've talked to various people over the years that are like, why, why bother praying? God already knows what I need before I even ask it. Heck, the, the Holy Spirit will pray for me with words that I don't understand, and so I got all that going for me. Why do I need to, to pray? What's the big deal? We see Jesus teaching his disciples to pray, and Jesus at times wandering off into solitude by himself to pray. Paul asks us to pray without stopping. James declares that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and, and effective. So what's the point of, of praying? Well, the most basic definition of prayer, I guess, is it's simply talking to God. I remember being a little kid asking, you know, my I think it was my grandmother. You know, what is this prayer? Well, you're talking to God. You mean you mean I just talk to Him? Yeah, you when you talk to God, you're in a way you're praying to Him. Prayer is not necessarily a meditation. You know, we sit around, mm, Lord, ooh, Lord, hear my prayer. You, you know, we're not no, nothing like that. Prayer is it's, it's not a passive, reflective kind of thing. It's a direct address to God. Sometimes I think we forget that. When we come to church, and we sit here, and we sing, and we do things, we're in the presence of God, the Almighty God, God our Father. He's not somewhere off in the distance, kind of taking note. North Hills, check, they, they prayed today. He is here. And when we pray to him, we address him. When Larry prayed uh, for the the cup, uh, the prayers for uh, congregational prayer time, we're addressing God directly. And what a blessing it is to be able to speak to God directly, not through a mediator, not through a a funny chain, but we need to remember sometimes that we're in the very presence of God. That he is here, that he wants to be here, that he calls us not only into worship, but to prayer. It's communication of the the created, us, with with the Lord, who, who is the creator. It's the primary way for us believers in Jesus to communicate our emotions, our desires, our needs to God and to directly have fellowship with God. When we pray to God, whether it's God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food, to now I lay me down to sleep, even a little prayer like that and prayed in faith. I mean, it's addressed to God. Prayer is how we communicate with God. It allows us to worship him. It allows us Uh, To praise Him. That's really what we're created for. For God's devices. For God's purposes. It allows us to offer confession of our sins, which should lead to our genuine repentance. How often have we asked and talked about asking God, forgive us of our sins? Not just so that we can be forgiven, but that we might enter into repentance so that we don't do those things again. Prayer grants us the opportunity to present our requests to God. All of these aspects of prayer, it's about communication. Um, The Bible, if we uh, move ahead here, 2 Chronicles chapter 7 is a, uh, a verse that I really like. If my And you probably have heard this one before. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. God's desire is that his people... Humble themselves, part of prayer is the idea of humbling ourselves before God. Sometimes people say, I don't know why I need to pray. You need to learn to be humble before God. When I was a kid, we used to have a rock band and we'd play music in here and we'd set up our instruments we had them all over the place up here. Almost as much stuff as we got now. I mean, we had tons of stuff. We were the ultimate Christian garage band. We'd be in here blasting away, and, and every once in a while somebody would come in, and we'd be embarrassed, Stan would walk in, he'd just stand back there and look at us. and like, hey, sorry, Stan, you know, turn it down. No, he's all right. Let it play. But we'd write up these goofy little tunes, and my friend one time, he wrote up a song... My Jesus wears sunglasses. My Jesus wears sunglasses. And we had a rock riff to it, and we would go along and pray that. And I remember our pastor at the time was like, I mean, you guys are really great. This is really fun stuff. But come on, my, my Jesus wears sunglasses? We're like, well, that's cool. That sounds great. But he was like, yeah, it is cool. But he's also the Lord of all. He, uh, God, uh, through His Son, offered us. You know, he, you know, and you know how preachers make you feel guilty. You know, so He starts in on him, and We're like, well, okay, maybe my Jesus doesn't wear sunglasses after all. I don't know, but uh, the whole idea was don't get so caught up in the you know, the fun of it. But there, there is a place for reverence, a place for humbleness. When we come before God in prayer, we want to humble ourselves before Him. One of the reasons I think people don't pray is because we're not used to humbling ourselves before anything or anybody. But to actually stop what we're doing and say, Lord, I want to humble myself because I don't have the answers. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand why these things happen. But I want to bow before you in submission to you to humble myself. Isaiah wrote, uh, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I can't tell you how many times I've claimed that verse for myself use vigorous, stumble badly, you know, wow, you you know, but people who turn back to God will renew their strength. Hebrews chapter 4 reads, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, talking about Jesus here, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God desires our prayers. He wants them. It shows a humbleness on our part to humble ourselves before God. Um, Julie's doing the night to, to shine thing. Does anybody know who's, who's responsible for that program? Football player. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow took a lot of heat from a lot of people because when he would score a touchdown or do something really great, you remember what he would do? Tebow. do the Tebow. I remember after I was coaching uh, seventh grade girls basketball one time and we won a game and Kayla and some of the girls were Tebowing it. it that was back at that time. And people were like, oh, come on, this is ridiculous. Who does this guy think? He thinks he's better than we are, kneeling down to pray like that. And uh, Tim Tebow was demonstrating a humbleness to God. I think Tim Tebow would say, look, I don't think God's helped me win any more football games than anybody else. But I think it's important that when I have success and people take notice of that, I want people to understand that my focus is on God. It's not on me. All I do is score touchdowns and and, and run around playing a kid's game. I want people to know that there's no other God besides my God, a righteous God, a, a, a Savior, prayer's not always asking for God's blessings it's about being humble about bowing before God and acknowledging our father in heaven and loving him for all that he's done all that he will will do I had somebody who was upset and why do they t- treat Tim Tebow like that i mean well look the nfl is not a christian organization <laughs> It's a a fun, fantastic game, but it's part of this world. We shouldn't be shocked when people who aren't Christians ridicule, make fun of other Christians. We shouldn't be shocked when people who aren't Christians don't act like Christians. I mean, they're doing what comes natural, I guess. Anyways, why pray if God already knows what we need, you know, why? Why pray? why pray? You know, prayer is not always about asking God for something. I, uh, my kids, all four of them, I value the time that they're willing to pop in and uh, just have a discussion, have a have a conversation. Because most of the time, once so, when a kid comes to you, they want something. Get some money. Can I, go, can I get this on, on the computer? Can I, can, can I go to so-and-so's house? Can I, can I take the truck? Okay, I mean, and after a while it gets to be there. The only thing you ever want is just stuff, you know. Why call me dad? Yeah, you know, I, I'm just a dispenser up here. You know, what do you want? But every once in a while, the kids will come and they'll, they'll actually, will actually have a conversation about something of substance. That's funny, my with my sons. It's for some reason it always is like 12:30, one o'clock in the morning when they're ready to talk. I'm uh, okay. And why can't we talk like at three in the afternoon when everybody's awake? But but that's okay. And we'll sit down and we'll talk and we'll talk about what happened at school. We'll talk about something important. We'll talk about something that happened in the world. We'll talk about church. We'll talk. I mean, I value anything. If they want to get together and talk about they found a new way to drive down the right state, I mean, whoopee! But you know what? I value that. I love that opportunity to talk to my children about something where they don't always want something. Now, I don't know if God's like that, but I know I find myself always going to God, I need this, I want this, please do this. There are many times, I wonder if God doesn't just desire, can we just have a conversation? Can you just come before me and be in my presence? I want you find out what that's like for a change. Come and love me, your Father. God's Word calls us to pray one key reason to pray is because God has commanded us to pray and, you know if we 're going to be obedient to His will, then I think prayer has to be part of our of our, of our christian life that 's why I believe it 's a discipline, something we need to practice. You know what does the Bible call us to prayer i 've got a list here uh, for if we move ahead here with uh, if you, you're into writing things down, you know it's funny. I, I learned a new trick a couple of years ago. I went to a foot. Speaking of football, I went to a football clinic, and I had my notepad and I was dutifully taking notes. And and uh, Urban Meyer was up there talking, and he was going over, I think it was punt coverage or something. And where people are writing stuff. And all of a sudden, I begin to realize, 500 football coaches, whenever the slide would change, they'd all hold their phones up and click and just take a picture. That's the modern equivalent of taking notes, I guess. So, you know, if nothing else, if you got your phone and there they are, help yourself, you know, take a picture of them. I'm going to blaze a trail here. But uh, the Bible calls us to prayer. Matthew 5, verse 44. Pray for those who persecute you. Since it's a Super Bowl day and I can't help it because I'm a football coach. The worst ripping I ever got was, uh, was, uh, was a game a few years ago over in Urbana. I had this drunken parent. Oh, baby. He let me have it. I got it good. And I was furious. I told my assistant principal, and this was not very Christian of me, if he comes down here on this field, he's going to get both barrels. All right? And and coach, he's like, you need to settle down now. You need. So I go home and I'm thinking about it. And sure enough, wouldn't you know, God shows me this verse: "Pray for those who persecute you." I'm supposed to pray for that guy. Call me every name in the book in front of my daughter, in front of my uh, my team, in front of this, and I got to put up with this guy. And you can't say anything because you're the you're the coach. You you, you just got to keep going. I've made it a. Uh, a priority, very grudgingly at times, to pray for this guy. Not because I love him, not because I really like the guy. I'll probably never see him again in my life. But God has asked me to pray for those who persecute me. Maybe I deserved it, I don't know. Could be, probably did. Matthew 6, chapter 5, and when you pray, go do these certain things. It's not if you pray, or if you ever get around to it, when you pray. Romans chapter 12, verse 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Be faithful in our prayers. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Over and over again, the Bible asks us to pray. Colossians 4, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful. And thankful. First Thessalonians, pray continually. First Timothy 2 1. I urge then first of all that prayer, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. Prayer is an act of obedience. If we're not praying because we don't feel like it, or we don't feel led. We're disobeying God. God calls us to prayer. God calls us to pray, and I think we have to respond. Prayer allows certain things, if we move ahead. Prayer allows us to participate in God's God's work. It gives us a chance to, to get in the game, I guess. Prayer is the means that I think God has ordained for some things, to happen Now does God need our help? No, He doesn't need my help. There's nothing I can do that's going to help him. He is all-powerful. He's in control of his creation. So why do we need to pray? Why bother about that? Because prayer is the means God has ordained for some things to happen. Prayer sometimes is the means. That helps others know the love of Jesus. My dad, when he became a Christian, he said one of the things that kind of convinced me was I had so many people praying for me. It's not that I felt any magic come over me, but just the knowledge. I had all these people praying, going before the Father on my behalf. Prayer can clear human obstacles out of the way in order for God to work. It's not that that God can't work without our prayers, but I think he has established prayer as part of his plan for accomplishing things in this life. Pray. Pray to God. Pray for God's people. By participating, by praying, by addressing God himself, you're participating in God's infinite plan. The uh, Next thing. I've been struck by this one lately. Prayer gives us power over evil. A lot of evil in the world, if you haven't noticed. A lot of things happen. that get our attention from time to time that make us struggle as Christians. Can physical strength help us overcome obstacles and challenges in the spiritual realm? Of course not. God talks about in, in uh, Paul actually, uh, you know, uh, physical discipline is good for the body, but what's really important is spiritual discipline. Getting yourself, you know, exercise. I see all these people down at Planet Fitness? You go by there, they're all in there just pumping, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, they're working at it. It's tough. They're getting after it in there. That's great. All of that strength, all of that power, none of that has, is going to help you at all in the spiritual realm. Some of the most powerful people are tiny little widows, tiny little people who are 100-pound weaklings that, that are mighty in prayer mighty in their spiritual life. I don't want Arnold Schwarzenegger going to God for me. I want some, some lady who's, who's 98 pounds, has lived a Christian life. I want Alice Petrie to go before God for me. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's from Ephesians chapter 6. But in prayer, even the physically weak can become strong in the spiritual realm. You know, as such, we could call upon God to grant us power over evil. Now, I've not personally seen it, but I know a lot of people have. That movie, was it War Room or something? Isn't the premise? You got this. She went to a closet, to a closet and prayed, and. To the world, that's ridiculous. To somebody strong in Christ, what a powerful moment! to have somebody lift you up in prayer. Prayer gives us power that we oftentimes don't have. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Now, I'd love to get myself in shape I ought to go to Planet Fitness and hit the gym. But you know what? I probably ought to spend a little more time reading my Bible. Maybe a little more time in prayer for all of you. Maybe a little more time of prayer for this this church. Maybe a little bit more time praying that, Dear Lord, don't let me fall into temptation. The Spirit is willing, but the body is weak, it's through prayer that God will give us the strength to hang in there. So if prayer is a discipline, it's something we need to exercise. I mean, we've got to really work on this this discipline. Um, It's something that I want to see us and you, if you would, take some time to really pray. Take some time to reintroduce yourself to the concept of prayer. It's about humbling ourselves and going before our heavenly Father. Now I'm going to take a few moments here before we're we're done, and I'm going to go ahead and ask the worship team to, to come up, and uh, I'm going to have a little time of prayer here. Um, and worship team, if you want to, you know, you can start in your, you know, worshiping with music. But I want to take some time and uh, I want you to, to pray with me here this morning. Now There are a lot of different ways to pray. There are a lot of different avenues of prayer. I, uh, when I was young, we went to a church. People actually got down on their knees and prayed. That was a little uncomfortable, but I, I remember that. I mean, People got down on their knees and prayed to God. Because prayer is its serious business. I'm not asking any of you to get down on your knees, but I would ask that in your attitude, in your mind, I want you to understand we're not fooling around here. We're in the presence of God. The presence of God. Bow your heads and pray with me. I'll kind of lead and I want you to... to If you haven't spoken to God in a long time, this might be your chance. In your own mind, church, as we we begin to pray to God, I would ask that you give praise to God. Thank God for who He is, for all that He has done for us, for what He's done for you. God's been there through every part of your life, the good, the bad. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy that we humble ourselves before Him. But would ask that you give a a prayer of confession. Be open about your sin with with God and, and ask for His forgiveness. None of us are perfect. We all came in here this morning with needs. Heavenly Father, you know I have needs. I have sins that, thank you for Jesus covering those sins, but I want to confess them to you, Lord, and thank you for your grace. You might offer a prayer of thanksgiving to God, uh, showing our gratitude to God for his gifts, for the things that he's given us, for the things. The way he cares for us. Thank you, God, for your love for me, for this church, for looking out for us, helping us move along through this transitional time, for raising up leaders who, who care enough about this church to to give up their time and, and their their efforts. And we're thankful, God, for that. And finally, God does ask for us to come boldly before Him with our needs and the needs of other people. Think of someone in your heart right now that needs your prayers that you would like to intervene for that you would ask the God of this universe Dear Lord, I pray for this person they have this need God, won't you meet it? Lord, we know that the prayers of righteous people accomplish a lot, and we're thankful for that. God, may your grace and mercy continue to be upon this church and help us to to love you and to grow and to be a church that, that just loves you. Father, we love you this morning, and we give you thanks. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen.